Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm Chris Terracon, subbing today for Carrie and Tholis. This season of Jury Duty explores the trial of Michael Barrison, who was charged with the attempted murders of Lauren Canarak and Robert Goodwin in Long Valley, New Jersey. Canarak was struck in the chest by two bullets from Barrison's weapon, and, as it was undisputed that Barrison fired those shots, his legal team argued that he was not guilty because he was legally insane at the time of the shooting, and, in the alternative, because he fired those shots in self-defense. In our last episode, we continued our review of defense attorney Edward Belinkus's cross-examination of Mr. Goodwin, as he sought to delve deeper into the recordings made by the witness of the defendant and others on the Barrison farm. In this installment, we continue our look at Belinkus's questioning of that witness by exploring the witness's awareness of the defendant's efforts to evict him and his girlfriend from his property. That's all coming up right after the break. 5th or whatever whatever what day we received the letter from the attorney okay but you will agree with me that on August 5th is the day you went to the town to try to get him kicked out of his August 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 5th is when I dropped the letter off correct were you aware that a formal eviction complaint was served on August 6th I was not I don't think there was any eviction taking place now when the town came on August 6th, the day before the shooting. Did you show them uh, different areas and point things out to them? I did not believe so. Did you personally talk to town officials about specific items? I believe when uh, there was a discussion on uh, August 5th when I dropped off the letter. And who did you have that discussion with? One of the clerks. And you were one of the contractors working, correct? I was doing some construction there. When you say you were doing construction, weren't you doing tens of thousands of dollars of work for Michael Barrison in exchange for you being able to live there and board horses? So apparently I was doing free construction. You admit that? No, no, no. Sorry. Let me rephrase that. 
Okay. Apparently, I did construction that I did not get paid for one cent. And, and that was something that Lauren and her dad agreed to have you do with Michael Barrisel, correct? Not correct. Well, for instance, when you wanted to submit a bill, it was Lauren, not Michael Barrison, that convinced you not to submit that bill, correct? Lauren talked me into accepting another form of payment, but as I said yesterday, in Florida, me and Michael discussed whatever's left over can go towards payment towards me. When you say left over, would you agree that... Well, the horses... Would you agree that on the day of the shooting, the farmhouse was far from being fully completed. So were the apartments that Michael was building above the barn for two years. Doesn't mean the work took place during that time. Did you ever specifically instigate shit with Michael? No, no we're referring to. Did you ever attempt to instigate an altercation with Michael Barrison at any point? Did I instigate it? I do not attempt to instigate I don't believe so. Blinkus shows Goodwin a text exchange he had with Lauren Kanarek. Does that refresh your recollection as to whether or not you ever intentionally tried to instigate an altercation with Michael Barrison? No, I don't know what that's in reference to. Did you ever threaten Ruth Cox? No. You never threatened her at the barn telling her that she was going to go down? Objection, Judge. After another sidebar, Judge Taylor allows the line of questioning, but asks the defense attorney to pose his inquiry in an admissible form. Malinkus, please rephrase your question. Do you remember an instance up at this stable area where you got into an argument with Michael Barrison? I remember one instance, yeah. And, and was Ruth Cox there? No, I believe so. You don't have any recollection of uh, a threat being made where Michael Barrison and Ruth Cox are together? I don't believe uh, Ruth Cox was there when my, me and Michael had a, uh, uh, an argument about JT the horse and not going to the show. Did you get very loud and were you yelling with regards to that? We were both loud and yelling. I'm referring to you. Did you get loud and were you screaming at Michael Barrison? I got loud. Now, with, re with regards to your discussions with Lauren Canarac and the father about calling the town and getting Michael Barrison kicked out of the area that he was now living in. Did you tell them Well, let's hope this doesn't backfire on me. Did you make that statement? That is correct, and at the time I wasn't 100%, I was in the clear when I filed the report. Now, 
You're currently suing Michael Barrystone, correct? Objection. No. You already ruled on this, Your Honor. I'm not, talk I'm not talking it, about construction, Judge. So I'll specify what you're talking about then. Are, are you suing Michael Barrystone for anything related to the shooting? Me? No. You're not involved in that lawsuit? Not at all. Now, Were you aware of Lauren Canarac's plan at any point in time prior to the shooting, her plan to destroy Michael Barrison? No. Did Michael Barrison ever threaten you? Oh, I don't think so. Did Michael Barrison, to your knowledge, ever threaten Lauren Canarac? I'm not sure. Well, didn't you tell the police no, that he never threatened Lauren Canarac? Talking about in his presence. Any knowledge that he has? Do you have any knowledge? I'm not sure. What? Do you have any knowledge whatsoever from any source that Michael Barrison ever threatened Lauren Canarac? Uh, nothing's coming to my mind, but I believe it would be a question for Lauren. You guys have been together for how long? Very long time. I assume you talk about things on a daily basis? Would be correct. Did Lauren Canarac ever mention to you that her life was being threatened. Again, I do not recall that specifically. Got a question for Lauren, I believe. Now, on the morning of this Seventh, did you have an altercation with the blacksmith? I don't believe so. Did you get into an argument with him? Blacksmith's name? Arnie Gervasio. I do not believe so, no. I don't think I've ever had a bad moment with Arnie. Did you see Arnie on the morning of the shooting? I don't recall. Was there an instance where... Judge, he's already indicated multiple times he doesn't recall. Did you attempt there's, to have... If, if there's a way to refresh his recollection, but I would object to any specific questions being asked where he's just said that he doesn't have any recollection. Judge, if I can ask them... Let me see at sidebar. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about... Work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. 
After a sidebar conversation, Judge Taylor overrules the objection and allows defense attorney Belenkis to proceed. Mr. Goodwin, we're talking about August 7, 2019, the day of the shooting. Is it your testimony that you don't recall having an issue with the farrier blacksmith on that morning? No, I do not specifically remember seeing or talking to the farrier. Belinkus again shows Goodwin a text exchange that he had with his girlfriend and asks if that refreshes his recollection. It was a very, very simple issue. He may have been scheduled to put shoes on our horses, and I guess from what I recall is that Michael told him not to shoe our horses anymore. When the farrier told you that Michael said not to shoe the horses, did you make a physical threat against Michael Barrison? I do not recall. I do not recall, specifically. Did you communicate this issue and problem to Lauren Canarac on that day? I'm sure I may have spoke about her horses not being shod that day. Well, what, a possibility. When you say it's a possibility, I doesn't your text directly address that issue with Lauren Canarac? I see the text. I do not specifically remember the text or sending the text on that day, but I can see it's there. And during that discussion, did Lauren Canarac tell you to finish the bastard, meaning Michael Barrison? Objection. After yet another quick sidebar, Judge Taylor directs the witness not to respond. Don't answer. Objection sustained. Now, with all the recording that you were doing in the stable area, were you aware that Michael Barrison had hired a debugging company to try to find the recordings? How would I be aware of that? So your answer is no? no? No. Just answer the question, please. Were you aware that he hired a private security guard to sit in his truck at night and guard the stable area? No. You never saw a guy's truck outside all night long in front or the side of the street? I've seen a car, I believe Lauren called 911 at the time it was going up there, but no, I was never up there at that time to witness a security guard or know a security guard was there. Did you hear them talking about hiring a security guard? No, recall. Now, with regards to the incident, when Michael Barrison came down from the stable area, you were on the telephone with your lawyer, correct? Correct. Were you planning on filing a lawsuit against Michael Barrison before the shooting? I think the purpose of the attorney was to work out and continue our original deal that we had. I mean, when you say the original deal, everything had deteriorated to the point of no return, correct? That is true. And, and it's your testimony that the reason you called the attorney was to try to keep things going at the facility? I mean, I'm, I'm not sure what the arrangement between Lauren and uh, the attorney was. She was did more involved with it than I was. Okay, and why did you call the attorney on that day? I think he called me. All right, so you're on the phone with the attorney and you're upstairs uh, in the bedroom, correct? Correct. And at some point you hear Lauren calling for you, correct? Correct. Now, at that point, nothing had happened, correct? No, she was informing me that Michael was, Michael was there. When you say informing you, was she screaming? She said, Rob, Michael's here. And, and did that cause you any concern? No. Even in light of the fact that you got him kicked out of the stable, did you think about that? I mean, concern about him murdering us? No. I mean, confrontation? 
Yes. I mean, at that point, I didn't know he was at the house, though, either. Okay. You know, she said Michael was here, and that's all I... Well... I didn't understand any context of, you know, what it was. I came downstairs. And when you use the term con confrontation, you saw a confrontation between Michael Barrison and your girlfriend on a previous occasion, correct? I don't know what that's in reference to. Did you ever see your girlfriend get into Michael Barrison's face, push him back 20 feet to his car, him trying to leave, and her grabbing his door, shutting it, refusing to allow him to leave? Did you? I don't think I was present if that happened. You never saw that? Did you move hey, on this yesterday? Yeah, I don't move on, Mr. Belinkus. So Lauren Cataract says Michael is here, and you're still on the phone with the attorney, correct? Correct. You walk down, you open the door, and you step onto the landing, correct? That's correct. Now, prior to you walking outside, did you hand the phone to Lauren? I did at the bottom of the steps before we came outside. We were pretty much, pretty much either somewhere in the laundry room or right as I got down the steps from my apartment. Okay, so when you say down the steps, you're talking about the steps inside. <clears throat> not outside, correct? Correct, correct. So Lauren is inside at this point. You walk out onto the landing on top of the steps in the back of the house, correct? Correct. Did you shut the door? Uh, I think Lauren may have shut the door. I don't know. She was right behind me. Okay. And according to you, Michael says, can't we work this out? I don't want to go to war. Correct. Now, or how can, how can we work this out? I don't want a war. Okay. Now, would you agree with me that when he said that, he was calm? I agree, he looked normal, yes. You've described him as sorrowful. Isn't that a fact? I do not believe so. I don't know what we're referring to. Okay. At which point in time you say something to the effect, lawyers are involved, they'll resolve it, correct? I said that he, uh, he brought lawyers into it so the lawyers can handle it. Now, at that point in time, you turn your back and start walking away from Michael Barrison, correct? Not at all. When did Lauren Cataract come outside? Well, I think she was behind me. She said she'll go, she'll go talk to him. She wanted to try to, I guess, work something out. When you say work something out. I don't know what it was in regards to. Would you agree with me that at that point she was pissed off before she even said anything to Barrison? Are you asking how I feel with Lauren's? No. I'm asking you your observations of Lauren Cataract. Was she angry? No, she, she wanted to, I don't know what she was trying to work out. I mean, in my mind, there was nothing to work out. But she said, you know, she wanted to work something out. I guess she at least wanted to hear what he had to say. Did she casually walk down to talk to him or did she stomp her way towards him? She walked over to him. She came down the steps and walked over towards him. Okay, and you, did you go into the house? stayed there on the porch watching the conversation or watching what I thought was going to be a conversation. So after you talked to Michael Barrison and Lauren Cataract walked down the stairs to talk to Michael, did she, after that, walk up the stairs, open the door, and tell you, don't come out? No. Were you present when she made her statement to the prosecutor's office? No. Did you talk to her about the events and what happened on that night prior to her giving the statement to the prosecutor? I know we, we've talked many times about the incident. It was a very life-changing incident, and unfortunately, I will never forget or get over. So, I mean, 
I don't understand. Did I coach her? Are you saying? No, I don't I'm understand. Not, I'm not asking you're coaching her, but before she went to talk to the prosecutor and give her official version of the event. I don't think so. I was instructed, I think, not to. By who? By the police, I believe. When? I don't know. Warren was in the hospital for three weeks. Sometimes in that three weeks, I, I think I was told somewhere along the line not to discuss. Yeah. It's your testimony that after she got out of the hospital and came home that you and her never talked about that day, what happened, who did what, what each other's recollection was. I just said, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure specifically what was talked about and when was talked about it, but it was a major life-changing event that Lauren, unfortunately, will have to live with problems for the rest of her life because a man shot her two times unprovoked, tried to kill me and her. And so as far as your recollection is concerned, you have no recollection of Lauren after you talked to Michael coming to the back door, opening up and yelling for you not to come out. I was outside. I witnessed the whole thing. Now, when you say you witnessed the whole thing, didn't you tell the police you heard the shots? Of course I heard the shots. I also watched the shots. Mr. Belinkus, is this a good time to take our morning recess? After the break, Judge Taylor addresses two jury-related issues. Both issues derive from the fact that some of the jurors are seated in the first two rows of the gallery because of COVID-related social distancing rules. The first relates to a juror who may have seen documents on one of the prosecutor's computers. After that juror assures him that he wasn't able to read any of the material, Taylor admonishes the lawyers to take steps to avoid such exposure in the future and moves on to the second issue. I was informed by my staff that some of the jurors in the second row may have heard whispering coming from the gallery. That's completely unacceptable. Not that the jurors heard it, but there's whispering in the gallery. People in the gallery cannot talk about the case, especially because we have jurors in the first two rows. And members of the jury, thank you for bringing that to my staff's attention. If it persists, I will have my courtroom cleared. Do I make myself clear? Please do not discuss any aspect of the case. Do not speak about the case. Do not speak about anything that may distract our jurors when you are in the courtroom. If there is another complaint, I will exercise my authority and clear the courtroom except for the jurors. With those issues addressed, Judge Taylor invites Edward Belinkus to continue his cross-examination of Robert Goodwin. Mr. Goodwin, you testified that you saw the actual shooting of Lauren Chandler, correct? Yes. Did you previously tell Corporal Thomas Fellini that after you talked to Michael Barrison, you turned to walk back into the residence, then Lauren Cataract walked over to speak to Michael Barrison? Judge, can we come to sidebar? Again, after the sidebar, Judge Taylor overrules the objection, but also offers some guidance to the defense attorney. Uh, reword and, and clarify your questioning of the witness, please. Mr. Goodwin, after the shooting, did you talk to the uh, Washington Township Police Department? I did. Did you give them a statement right after the incident as to what actually happened? I did give a statement. Did you tell the Washington Township Police Department that after you spoke to Michael Barrasso, you turned your back and walked into the house? To walk back into the house. That's, this is the problem, Mr. Blinkus. 
Why don't you show it to him and ask the witness so if that's what he said to the police? It says walk into I the residence. That's why I said that. Belinkus appears to have satisfied the judge for the moment as he allows him to present the witness with evidence of a statement contrary to his memory. All right, please proceed. This is a good one. I'm going to show you the penaffid David and ask you to read that to see if it refreshes your recollection as to what you specifically told the police immediately after the incident. This is a transcript of the recorded. It's an affidavit. From the I'm police. not familiar with okay. what that means. It's a sworn statement submitted by the police. That is not accurate. So is it your testimony that you never told the police immediately after the incident that after you talked to Michael Barrasone, you walked into the residence and heard gunshots? That doesn't say I walked into the residence. It says what's important in that thing is that it says that I did the witness not comment on what's contained wow. in the police document. Judge Taylor hears Prosecutor Shellhorn's objection at sidebar, sustains it, and asks Edward Belinkus to move on from asking the witness whether he told the police that he went back into the house before the shooting. With that, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Michael Barrison. Join us on our next installment as Belinkus concludes his cross-examination of Robert Goodwin. If you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie Antholis. It was co-produced and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracon. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio, and the trial audio is courtesy of Law & Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us. We hope you'll come back for the next episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Michael Barrison.